You're listening to episode seven of Smart Good, a podcast to help you lead a business that doesn't just make money, but also does some good in this world. On today's episode, we're going to learn about how to lead your business or organization well, especially when things go wrong and conflict arises. Who loves conflict? Not many people do. In fact, most people prefer smooth sailing and no drama. But the hard truth is that things going perfectly well and everyone always getting along is a fairy tale. Humans make mistakes and they also don't always play nice. This was a fun episode for me personally because I have a background in studying friendship and conflict. So this conversation will be full of good stuff for all of us. Lean in and listen, my friend. Let's talk about conflict and conflict in the business world. But 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 beyond that, because conflict is just going to happen. Yes, you are going to definitely be in a situation where someone disagrees with you, or, or that somebody misunderstands you, or that somebody just naturally doesn't like you because they're jealous of you. Or things are going bad. Right, things are going bad, and maybe you are to blame, maybe you aren't to blame. So let's. Let's talk about that. I think that's some important things to chat about. But we need to talk about specifically, not just conflict, but we're going to be talking about communicating in conflict. And so let's talk about the different roles. Okay. You as a leader. And yes. you're leading a group of people or a team of people and things start to go haywire. Yeah. The... Propensity is to um, not want to address the fact that there's been a failure, that there's that something's gone wrong, and uh, some people will just ignore the fact that things are going wrong, and some people will throw their team members under the bus. Yeah. And yeah. the rule of thumb is that if you are the leader, even if you didn't directly cause the problem, it's your problem and you have to own it. That's called falling on your sword, which I don't know if um, you would have a problem with that. Probably not, but some people would. They may not want to blame anybody, but if something goes wrong in business and you are the leader, even if you are not the direct cause of it, someone on your team caused it, you have to step up and say it's your fault. Well, I agree with this. Now, you know this is kind of one of my specialties. Yes, that's why we're talking yeah. about it, because that way it's not just <laughs> me talking. So owning owning the problem, even though you didn't cause the problem, yes. is a difficult thing for certain people because yeah. they, they go, well, I didn't cause the problem. She caused the problem. But the moment that you start throwing people under the bus, even if they're really guilty, you're going to lose... Um, credibility with your team oh my so gosh say, yeah so that's that's the first thing just if you throw take some, the blame yeah if you throw people under the bus what that communicates not just the person that you've killed in the bus accident is that nobody's safe to make a mistake right and you need to protect them yeah I and mean, yeah. i absolutely think that that's one of the things you mature in as a leader and I wish I could say that I've done it perfectly. I haven't. Well, because, I have. I'm just okay, kidding. that's good. <laughs> I'm like joking. Thank God that somebody that's from my descent actually has been perfected. I am not perfect in this area no, at joking. all. And and um, the the other 
issue with conflict or confrontation or when things go wrong is to own things quickly. So if a mistake, if you've made a mistake or someone in your team has made a mistake, it's probably best not to wait until someone discovers it. (laughs) Because as soon as... As soon as they discover it, there's an implication that you are covering it up. And no matter what you say, they're not going to believe that you didn't know about yeah. it. So once you make a mistake, go and acknowledge it to the person that you made the mistake. Yeah. Right? That's That seems to be common sense. But again, we like to avoid conflicts that we think that maybe no one will ever find out. Eventually, they find out. Yeah, and I think that conflict is an opportunity for people to grow closer. And even when you're dealing with a client, you know, a conflict is an opportunity for you to even be able to build trust with your client. If you're able to say, hey, we made this mistake, but these these are the the steps we're taking to fix it. And this is how we're going to make good on our word. And this is perhaps you may have to take a cut in your price or give something away for free or you may have to provide some type of restitution so keep that in mind and i want to say too if you're able to create an environment where people know it's safe to make mistakes you're going to get more creative and innovative work out of them that's right you're going to get more creative and innovative work um without a doubt the um the other thing about this that at least as I was thinking about this, and since this is your area of expertise, I'd like to see if you would agree with it, is that um, un- one, of the, one of the things I think folks don't understand is that um, there is such a thing as productive pain and unproductive pain. Yeah, oh yeah. And if you are entering into productive pain, it's not going to feel good, but you should probably embrace it and you should avoid unproductive pain. When you live your whole life uh, based upon running away from anything that's painful or yeah. that brings discomfort, you're never going to grow. Yeah. And in business, trust me, if you're only going to look for the situations that are safe, you're not going to be profitable. You may do good, yeah. but you're not going to be profitable. That's good. So no, I agree with that. embrace productive pain and we can define a little bit further some examples of that. Maybe you have some examples of productive pain. Well, productive pain sometimes are very awkward conversations that you have to have with your team. Or with clients. Or clients. And one of the things I think people do, do there's a couple things you think people do. One is they throw others under the bus. The second thing they do is they say, everything's great. Everything's good. Everything's awesome when it really isn't. And I think what that does is it creates anxiety in the team that the leader is not really seeing the big problems. So it is really important the leader says, you know, guys, things aren't good, but this is what we can do. Just being super positive can be very negative. I've heard that criticism of unicorns and butterflies, that that's the only thing you see. (laughs) I've been accused of that. So I, I tend to sometimes um, focus too much on the positive, probably because I'm um, overcompensating for the times in my life where I've been the opposite, being really negative. So right. I've, and as I've aged, I'm actually, fo- I focus more on the glass being half full than empty. But 
it does come become a point where you if you have nothing but good things to say you really have lost all credibility with people because they know that uh, it can't possibly be that good or they'd stop trusting your perspective right they think that you are delusional <laughs> or that you've been smoking dope or that you are taking LSD or you're just just too happy a person i don't know i do know that it's true that if you are too positive and you don't show some form of realism that people yes. will not trust your leadership. So, but I do know the generations, um, at least after my generation, tends to be a little bit more on the, you know, what's that song? Be happy. Don't worry. Don't worry. Yeah. Everything is unicorns and butterflies. Well, I'll, just to give you an example, I've seen this play out is that there was one time I was in a working environment where there was a coworker that really, it was obvious they were not doing their job and possibly being slightly unethical. But the main leader didn't really see it or at least pretend it like they didn't see it and was just like, everything's great. No, everything's great. Let's just see the best in everybody. But everybody else was kind of like, yeah, but they're not really doing their job. And so everybody began to feel nervous and worried what was going to happen next because the person in charge wasn't ready to call out the bad. And I think you do have to call out when things are not working. Hey, you don't have to be like, you know, it doesn't need to be in like a, a, a big staff meeting. You start pointing fingers and telling everyone how they suck. But you do have to call people to to do what they're supposed to do. And as far as... Um their response, you may have to deal with their response if they don't respond properly, but you really don't need to own their response. Yes. But you need to do your part. Yeah. So that's, I mean, in, in my mind, if you don't call people out, then you aren't really uh, doing your part. If you call people out and they don't respond properly, that you may need to do something about it, but... It, it's not really, their response is not your your problem. Yeah, I think that's really important. And if you don't call out, you're creating an unfair culture. You are, and you will definitely reap the consequences of that. So, And that's true whether it's employees, if it's people who are your partners, people who are clients, people who are your vendors, whoever it may be. It's having difficult conversations uh, requires courage, and it requires embracing productive pain just know that it probably is not going to feel good yeah but the end result is going to be something that's better than hiding and i think you have to understand the appropriateness of relationships right like for instance i don't know if you ever watched the office but the boss in the office his name is michael scott and he does not know the appropriateness of relationships. He sees his coworkers as his family. Yes, that's true. And so that gets him in trouble a lot. And it's funny to watch it. But I think even because we spend a lot of time with people that we work with or even our clients, the 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 lines get blurred between friendship, someone you feel close to, client co-worker you really need to have healthy boundaries i think if you have healthy boundaries then you're able to have difficult conversations um because not everybody that you're going to sit down with is going to be your friend and therefore i think that the communication from the very beginning needs to be defined so very good um if if you 
let me see if I can respond the right way. The more that you um, pour words into your conversation with somebody and you add words that are feeling words, the more you're going to be inviting them into a closer relationship. And you may not want that with a client or even a coworker always. And, and just understand that um, your, your communication will either bring distance or bring them closer to you. And you need to, un- you need to know when, when to draw the line. Yeah. Not everybody is to be part of your family. I mean, if you treat everyone as if they're part of your family, and that may be like your, um, I don't know, the way that you default. Your just style. Be, just be careful because you will end up having people treat you as if they're your, you know, that you're their daddy or your or their or your mommy, and and become dependent upon you, and you're going to be having a much more difficult conversation with them than if you had just kept a distance. Yeah, I think that that's really important because then you're able to say things that are hard and not be worried about it being taken too personal because you already have established a healthy working relationship with them. Boundaries. Boundaries. Yes. Yeah. And I think that, um, another thing that people often do when there's conflict is they just avoid it. And avoiding conflict is like anything else. It's kind of like if you avoid taking the garbage out in your house. Ew. Eventually, as you keep on putting more and more conflict in a garbage can and you don't take it outside, it's going to stink up the whole house. It's going to attract animals and rats and cockroaches and sickness and smelliness. So you need to deal with conflict. Take the garbage out. Take it out. And once you bring it out into the open and it's dealt with, then I think that you can start fresh. And I would just, can I just add something? Yes, add something okay. to the garbage analogy. Um, well, it is when there's two people on your team, they're not getting along. Yes. As a leader, you do have to address that. Yeah, you, you, you need to um, step in, I agree, and you need to do it in such a way that you avoid showing favoritism to one or the other. Yes. Yeah. Even if you like someone better than the other. I think though the best way to do that is to try nip it in the bud as, as early as possible. Yes, nip it in the bud and deal with it. And and um, I, I guess another part of conflict or or having difficult conversations it is to keep it with that person and not go around and <laughs> and ask people's <laughs> advice on how to deal with it because as soon as you start letting the conflict. Um, out of the bag, so to speak, and you yeah. start sharing it with other people, you are going to influence the way that they see that person. Yeah. And if they ever find out that you talk to Betty down the hall and and Joe and, and Mike and their mother and their spouse or significant other, and you're going to end up not being able to have that conversation. They're not going to take it seriously. They're going to divorce you completely and yeah. not listen to it. This is where I think having a mentor is really important because you can bounce, you can safely bounce like, how am I going to have this really difficult conversation with this employee or client um, in a way where it's actually going to be construct- constructive for you and productive. If you're talking to your, you know, even your partner or if you're talking to like another employee, not good. Yep. 
So get a, a get a mentor and say, hey, this is what's happening. How, what's your perspective? What would be some language you should use? And in my in in my own personal cases with my mentors, I've had situations like this, and they've been able to bring a completely different perspective that has changed my own outlook outlook on the conflict and has given me a better direction to take as the one that I was going to go with, you know. Um, the mentor has been like, hey, did you consider that maybe this is what's really going on? And I'm like, whoa, mind blown. That probably is what's going on. So what I'm going to be talking about in the conversation is different than what I had planned. Very good point. Someone objective, someone who also is um, able to speak into your life gives the perspective that's, that brings a little bit closer to reality. Attention, attention, we interrupt this show for a good old-fashioned dad joke. A woman in labor shouted, suddenly shouted, shouldn't, wouldn't, couldn't, didn't, can't. Don't worry, said the doc, those are just contractions. <laughs> um, another thing, can I bring up another thing? Yeah, because you're the expert in this. <laughs> I'm just talking to you about it when there's conflict a good question to ask oh no i should say this way when you feel conflict when you feel like something's not right you know you had a conversation with somebody or a staff meeting went weird or the client seemed perturbed a good question to always ask before you do anything is why is this bothering me what in me is going on Because it could be, the answer to that question could be, I didn't get a good night's sleep last night. I'm feeling a little cranky or I'm hungry. Too many buffalo wild wings. Too many buffalo wild wings or i am got too much on my plate. And so this client asking me to do this one extra thing is making me feel overwhelmed. It's really important to start with you. It really, because that's the only way you're going to move forward. Because the problem may not be... Their problem may be something within you. Nobody wants to admit that. Yes, you don't want to admit that you have problems. Because <laughs> you're perfect. You're perfect. But I do think that's really important. I agree. Start with yourself. Ask that question and then proceed with courage. And don't ignore the fact that you feel a certain way. I think that's another uh, trap. If mm. you don't... If you don't, you have to be, um, what's the word, self-aware of what you're feeling and address it. Yeah. Otherwise, you may miss something that's important, an important signal that's being triggered in you that we need to address. Sometimes when we are dealing with conflict and having difficult conversations and you're dealing with that person and it feels tense and awkward for a time. Yep. I think it's important to be okay with that. And let that person process it. Because not everybody is going to be like, oh my gosh, thank you for telling me this. I now have a better understanding of yes. my issues. They may actually <laughs> push you down the stairs to make sure you're not standing at the threshold. No, but I do think let people process it. Yeah, and let, let people process it. And let them be a little tense and awkward and quiet around you. And, but keep being kind, don't ignore them, don't, you know, make sure on your end they know that, that they can step safely back into that relationship. Um, I remember one time my daughter Olive was, you know, was corrected about something and 
I, you know, she was in a room and she was very upset and I went into her room and I said, you know, do you want to come out and play? And she said, I'm not ready to be with you yet. And I thought, fair enough. She, you know what I mean? Like not everybody's ready to just jump back in. So just give them a little bit of space. And, you know. I'm not ready to be with you right now. I'm not ready to be with you right now. (laughs) That's, they may not say that, but you could probably read it on their face. Yeah. Yeah. So walk away. But keep coming back to them. Absolutely. Anything you want to add? Um, I think that sometimes you need to apologize to people. Oh, yeah. And make sure that you do that. Because, again, besides admitting, as we talked earlier, about uh, falling on your sword when you really weren't the person who directly caused it, but you're the leader. Yeah. Sometimes you are going to fail. Yeah. And so remember to say you're sorry and apologize. Yeah. In a uh, professional and discreet way. I mean, don't you know, <laughs> blubber and fall, throw yourself <laughs> on the ground and, you know. Start crying. Yeah. Don't, don't do that. But you do need to sometimes go to people and, and say that you're, you're wrong. So. You're wrong. Well, that's the garbage truck in the background. That's good. They know that perfect we're taping, timing. They were taping from a <laughs> studio close to home. Yes, it was funny though because you want to take the garbage out. Yes. So when it take comes the garbage out. When it comes to conflict, take the garbage yes. out. Yes. Don't Deal with hold it. it. Don't hold it in. I know you guys don't want to. <laughs> you want to run away from conflict. You want to hide, but don't take the garbage out. Otherwise, it'll start to smell up your life. So true. All right, smart gooders, don't ignore conflict. Ask yourself if this conflict you are sensing has anything to do with you, like lack of sleep, overloaded schedule, etc. And uh, be okay with the awkwardness of conflict. Give people the space to process it, and then there's a good chance that the conflict will become productive. And for goodness sakes, don't be too cowardly to apologize in a professional and authentic way. If you did something wrong, say you're sorry. I think that's everything, right? Okay, friends, keep marching forward. Do some good in this world the smart way. Till next time.